Welcome to Inspire on the Go. This season, we are featuring stories of transformation. Each person has a story, and we want to celebrate what God is doing in the lives of others. As you listen to today's episode, I encourage you to think about your story. How is God working in your life? I promise you, He is on the move. Grab your cup of coffee and enjoy this episode of Inspire on the Go. Hey, sweet friends, it's Andrea. I hope that your day is off to a great start. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to bring today's guest to you. She is well-loved, well-known. It is Debbie Stewart. Welcome to the podcast. Oh, I'm so happy to be here back in Arkansas. I feel like my people are here. <laughs> well, we are your people. I and let's like talk it. about that. We go way back. Yes. I think like seven to 10 years. I know you probably have ministered in Arkansas for many years, mm-hmm. but the first time I met you was actually at the Inspire, Inspire Conference. Conference. That's right. My oh, goodness. It was wonderful. And what a privilege to be back on the Inspire podcast now. I'm so honored. Thank it's kind of like a full circle moment. It is. It is. Yes. Well, we want to get to know you. We want to hear about your story. We know bits and pieces, yes. but take us back and kind of just refresh our memory about your family and your ministry and your journey. Oh, I would love to do this. And it is my intent and my desire that this would be honoring to the Lord and that through this story, you will see his faithfulness, his goodness, and his greatness. So if you're new, uh, Uh, listening to the podcast, I'm Debbie Stewart, and I'm married to John Mark. Now, my previous pastor says it takes two disciples to keep me in line, John and Mark, and that's probably true, Andrew. You know me well enough to know I'm a handful. I'm too much for some people. Not for us, though. (laughs) Not for us. Totally not for Arkansas (laughs) girls. That's why I love being here. Um, So my sweetheart and I have been married 37 years this year. Uh, We have two kids, two grown adult children. Jared uh, is 33, and our daughter Haley. Uh, They're 15 months apart. And so now Jared lives in Gladewater, Texas, and Haley, uh, Jared and his family, and Haley and her family live in Lufkin, Texas. So I can get to either one of them in about an hour and a half. And And all the moms are saying amen. Listen, listen, Haley, they both lived very far away from me for about 10 years, both of them, and we could not get to them. So we are, we are reveling in that with our five grandchildren. Oh my goodness. Uh, They range, we have a bonus one, Jared married last year, and so we got a bonus grandson. So he's 11 all the way down to one. Uh, Excuse me, we just had a new one all the way down to about two months. Oh my goodness. His name is Gunnar. I'll tell more about about him in a little bit. So my grandmother's name is Dodie, and my husband is Skeeter. I, I know it's over the top. (laughs) Dodie and Skeeter. But we are just so thankful for what the Lord has been doing in our life. And as far as my extended family, my mom died, uh, lost a courageous battle with cancer when I was 23. And Jared was five weeks old. So it was not anyone in my family really that that helped me through that process, that spoke into my life. I uh, I did not have like a godly grandmother that some might have. I kind of tell people I come from a long line of wackadoos. <laughs> you know what I'm talking <laughs> yes, about, Andrea? Yes, a little bit yes. of craziness, 14 shades of crazy when we all get together. Um, but it was women in the local church that made a spiritual investment in my life. So I love that. I'm a product, really. I'm a product of women's ministry. I'm a product of church. And so that's why I love it so yes. much. And you serve at Green Acres yes. as the women's minister there. That's right. But you also, you've just served in so many different mm-hmm. leadership capacities. Tell us just a little bit about some of your different ministries uh, capacity. So it all started, interestingly enough, that you asked 30 years ago, 
uh, probably this week, I think, it was the beginning of 1992, when I was 12. No, no I'm not <laughs> yes. as old as something. But 30 years ago, at Willow Point Baptist Church in Shreveport, we kicked off women's ministry. I was a part of that original team and led ministry there. Uh, they, from there, I went to Prestonwood Baptist Church in the Dallas area for 10 years. I had the privilege of serving at Women of Faith for a number of years, and then with June Hunt at Hope for the Heart. And so through the Lord's providence, I've been at Green Acres Women's Ministry for uh, women's ministry there for three years. And in these 30 years, I can tell you, Andrea, this, I am more excited about ministry mm-hmm. right now, which is so weird because we're in a post-COVID world. Like no one's ever done. The book hasn't been written right. about this yet, how to do really do successful ministry in these days. But I truly believe that the Lord is on the move and about to do something great in our churches. I believe that too. And we believe that here in Arkansas. And we are not only praying, but we are expecting yes, a move we, of God. We are I love preparing, that you know, for God to move in our lives, in our churches, Definitely. in our women's ministry lives. One thing that we're doing this year is really talking about our stories of transformation, right. that we can own those, that we are ready to share those, and that we're open to ongoing transformation. And so right. I just want to affirm your willingness to follow the Lord over those 30 mm-hmm. years, because, and I don't know how you'll feel about this, but to me, you're a, an icon. Uh, I mean, really. <laughs> I mean, yes. like when I look at you and I look at your journey, I want you to know that you have blazed a trail for many of us, and we're walking in the footsteps of your faithfulness as you have followed Jesus. So we say thank you. Well, thank my honor. And listen, I bless the Lord for that because you know me well enough to know how many times I would have thrown in the towel. And it was other women. Every time I threw in the towel, they just threw it right back. And the, and the truth is, when, when push comes to shove and when it's all said and done, I wanted to finish strong. You know, if I felt like if it hair lips the devil, I'm going to get through this. I am not going to quit. That's what he wants me to do. And I'm not going to do it. I have a faithful God. And the only reason I can be faithful is because I serve. It's not only his characteristic, it's his name. Mm. I serve faithful and true. Amen. And you can do it. Girls, you can do That's it with right. him as your as your uh, God and as uh, the leader in your life. Amen. Well, let's go back to the beginning yeah. and talk about how you met the Lord. I know you have um, an extended story of faith in that there's a lot in your background that maybe you'll be able to touch yeah. on. But just tell us about the beginning of your journey it's with the It's similar Lord. to probably most in that when I was a child, I walked the aisle and I filled out a card and I was baptized. Uh, but it wasn't until I was in my early 20s that I felt a very, very strong call from the Lord. That was probably my call to ministry. But I also felt like, you know, I don't know what I was deciding to do at six years of age. But at 22, I am deciding to give my life to the Lord. I am deciding to surrender. I want him to be the King of Kings and Lord of Lords of my life. I want to dedicate my life to the Lord. I want to surrender to a call. So I just sort of did all of that uh, kind of at this in one big rap thing or just a uh, one thing together to where I stood before our mm. church and said you know when I was six I did this but I want you to know right now I am following Christ as my Lord and Savior and with that I want to commit commit my life and I didn't really know it was like commit to full-time service I wasn't I wasn't really saying that but I'm going to go where the Lord yeah. leads and that's what led me I was in a career path to physical therapy uh 
And the Lord changed all of that abruptly uh, wow. to women's ministry. Wow. You know, and for those who are listening today, they may be in a similar situation where maybe they made a profession as a child and didn't either fully understand or are at a place where they need to kind of nail down some decisions. And we just always want to encourage you to follow the Lord's lead in That's that, right. to reach out to us, and we'll help you walk through that decision. You do not have to live with questions and That's doubt. That's right. That's right. And and that's one way that you can just step up, you know, and I kind of say, stick it to the devil and say, listen, I'm not afraid of what somebody's going to think because I've been in the choir for 10 years. I'm not afraid of what somebody's going to say. What I want to say is I am following Christ and and other things happen in my past, but this I know, and it's kind of a line in the sand, stake in the ground. And boy, you can begin to build your life of faith once you have that strong foundation. That's That's right. And you know, God's word is just so powerful in that to just stake those truths down. That's good. Well, That's when you talk about, you know, your life and your journey, and, and many of us are familiar with your uh, mm-hmm. story with your son, let's talk about a challenging season in life mm-hmm. and how God brought you through. Uh, um, Andrew, you know that, uh, that I've had several. The loss of my mom was a big deal. We've had some other things that we've buried a baby granddaughter. I could go through several, but I, what I felt led, led to share with your listeners today is what happened on October the 16th, 2009. Two police officers walked into our home and they arrested our son, Jared. Jared was about 19 years old at that time and had been a prodigal in our home for about six or seven years. Uh, When Jared was about 13, 14, the summer after that, we had three pretty tragic things happen in our family very quickly. And they affected our son in a terribly negative way. Uh, he began to self-medicate. One of those things was his grandfather died, my husband's dad. Uh, we affectionately call him Papa. Loved him, and he loved Jared. And uh, he died in his sleep one night. And that began a very dis- self-destructive, devastating journey down a very dark path for our son, Jared. Uh, those um, decisions to self-medicate then led to a full-blown addiction. So we knew some of what Jared was involved in. We were very involved parents. I mean, by this time, Jared didn't have a door on his hinges. His window was nailed shut. I mean, he had no keys. We were very involved parents, but a lot of what he did, he did away from our home, and he would be gone for days at a time. Uh, We were the parents that called the hospitals, that called the police department. We did not know where where he was during those uh, bouts with drugs and alcohol. And that those decisions and the culmination of those led him to be incarcerated for ten and a half years. Mm. And our son grew up in prison. He became a man in prison. Mm. He was eight, he was about 19. And, and on March the 5th of 2020, so fairly recently, just almost two years ago, he was released. So isn't that interesting that, uh, you know what was going on in March of 2020, yes, yes. shelter in place. Yes. Everybody has to stay home. And our son was set free. So it was like, oh, here's your freedom. Now you have to go stay home. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so, you know, we loved that. Uh, that was very difficult. But obviously, he needed that uh, adjustment time. And in prison is where Jared's faith became his own. And he began to walk with the Lord. About two years into that, the boy began to walk with the Lord. And the Lord just broke his heart over things. And that's when his faith became his own. Yeah. And what was that like for you as a as a mom, you know, seeing your child walk through that 
prodigal season. Uh, just tell us, uh, give us some insight into that as a mom. Well, by this time, I have been through several tragic things, buried my mom and my dad and my brother, several uh, nephews. We had a murder in the family, lots of things, nothing compared to parenting a prodigal and then a prisoner. But here's the thing. No one was talking about it in those days either. When this happened with Jared, I mentioned he was about 18, a night, almost 19, um, everybody was talking about their kids going to college and all of the future plans and all of the things. And my son went to prison and I kept that in for a little while. And this is what I told myself. Um, to, it would be protecting my privacy, his privacy. And then I realized just from the Lord, this is a part of our journey. We're way past a teenage years of rebellion. I have been given the assignment by God to parent a prodigal. And when I finally accepted that and realized this is where we are in our life, I made the decision, if that's what the Lord has asked me to do, and if that's the job, the assignment he's given me, I want to be the best mom of a prodigal that ever walked the yeah. face of this earth. And then I got mad about some things. Then I started stopped whining and complaining and and I toughened up this is the journey that I'm on for reasons I will not know this side of heaven and although it absolutely ripped my heart out it shattered every dream we had for our future and it changed our life forever what we have watched through that process is the Lord change our family and you know Andrew what I realized Jared wasn't the only prodigal in our family I had become a prodigal to a degree. You know, even though I'm on staff at a church, I'm on staff at Prestonwood Baptist Church at that time, I realized that I had been walking through um, just um, not a game, certainly not a game, but I had learned to say the right things and do the right things. And the Lord began to just shatter my dreams and break my heart this process. And then it began to change my walk with the mm. Lord. Uh, there's this great scripture that got us through so much of this. It's in Hosea 2.15, and it says, God will transform. You know, you mentioned earlier about the transforming yeah. stories. God will transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. And he did that for yeah. us. Our son now is out, and he is married. He just had a little baby boy about two months ago. His name is Gunner, which means bold warrior. Now, I'm um, down the road far enough to know that Jared's battle with addiction isn't over because you walk out of prison one day. And those that are battling any forms of addiction in those ways, it's usually things that you battle for the rest of your life. And you look for certain triggers. And listen, you need to know that the enemy seeks to kill, steal, and destroy. And he will use every mechanism he can to suck the life out of you and to do that very thing, to kill. And so that's why walking with the Lord, especially through difficulties, not giving up, not quitting, not giving in, and not saying... I'm just so tired. I cannot do this anymore. There's just, I'm exhausted. I know it is. I'll tell you one thing that the Lord shared with me one morning that changed my mindset through a culmination of scriptures, a combination of what I had read that morning. He kind of just put it all together in this statement. And I memorized it. And I've said it to myself many, many times. And the Lord said, Debbie, when you pray to be delivered from your difficulties, because I was at the point, I'm like, I don't want to do this anymore. I mean, I'm, I'm nine years, not ten years into it. I'm like, please, Lord. When you pray to be delivered from your difficulties, and I do so, you are only being rescued, not victorious. 
Debbie, I'm trying to train you to be armed, equipped, and disciplined for the adversary, and you keep trying to end the training process. I want you to win this, not be excused from Mm. it. That's so good. And that's what I tried to do. I kept trying to get, ex- I kept trying to get a pass. Lord, please end this. Please let this be over. Please let the, and the Lord's like, this is not going to be over soon. We're going to walk all the way through this. That's so good. And as you think about, and you're just testifying to the fact that God brought you through, he gave you the word of encouragement. Yes, he gave you the, the kick in the pants too. The you resolve, need to know that too. You know, uh, to not quit, but right. also I think he changed your mindset about he it. He did. He did. And, my, my, and, and I asked the Lord for a word every year. I think we've talked yes. about that before. Yes. My word that year was resilient. The Lord gave me that word. And this is what it means. Strong enough to come back after severe bending, stretching, and other adversity. Mm-hmm. Semicolon, unable to keep back. And if we can develop that kind of perspective and that mi- kind of mindset with the Lord, I'm telling you, he will make you brave That's and right. he makes you strong and he enables you to do things that seriously from the onset, you think there is no way yeah. I can do this. Yes. I remember telling the Lord, you picked the wrong one. Mm-hmm. Like, I wish, I wish you had picked the right one. Yeah. Like you picked the wrong one. And his reason, I said, I cannot do, when we got the sentence that day of what mm-hmm. he was sentenced to, I had to pull my car over into this grassy field. And that's what I said. Like, I, I wish I could, but I'm not that girl. I, you picked the wrong one. I cannot do this. And the Lord said, you're exactly right. You cannot. But I'm about to do through you the thing that you're unable to do. Mm-hmm. And that is how... In our weakness, we that's, display that's his what it means. strength. Yeah, and it's exactly. just, it's the it's that beautiful picture of the difference he makes in and through us exactly for his glory. Well, I know you're going to want to testify to this, how the body of Christ came around you. Because we can't oh, do yes. these hard things on our own. Oh, yes. You know, tell us a little bit about that. Well, so there were two sides to that. The first side was when I, the day that I began to share a little bit about this, I had kind of protected our privacy mm-hmm. of our son. And, and, and part of this is his story to tell. I'm telling my side, my part of the story. Matter of fact, we've written a book together where both sides, it's called Redeemed Rebel, 20 perspectives from a prodigal and his mom. So he tells his side and then I kind of tell our side and there are prayer strategies at the end of every book. And so the two sides is is when the Lord began to put this on my heart to open up my life and begin to share this. It came out of Isaiah one night when I was teaching at Prestonwood. And that morning the Lord had given me Isaiah that he will not haul you into court endlessly, but how he will bring strength to those who mourn and it was about him him um, making himself strong on our behalf and I knew he was putting it in my heart to share to share a little bit not a lot that night I felt like I had this great message to share now I kind of put that in there as part of the points and when it was over in 30 years of ministry I've never had as many people line up to talk to me as they did that night never in 30 years do you think they wanted to talk about my my three wonderful points in my poem that I had no they wanted to talk about what I mentioned about my prodigal and what the Lord had done in our life in the assignment that the Lord had given me. I stayed uh, about an hour and a half talking to people. The very last woman, she kept getting in line behind other people. And she told me that night that her daughter was also incarcerated. This was a woman that had been in my Bible study for like three or four years. She had never mentioned that. I had no idea. And she said 
No one knows. But that day, she said, I'm going home. Her own mother did not know. I'm like, how does that happen? She said, I've made excuses. At Christmas, she has mono. She has this. And and we just couldn't get together. And I just, I don't know how I did it. But she said, I just kept making excuses. And she opened her her life to let other people in. So part part of it, one side was, I I feel like in a way just threw the door open to say this is a safe place. Church, women's Bible study, women's gatherings are a safe place for you to talk about what hurts you the most. Uh, uh, one word that's been rolling through my mind lately that I'm about to get a ki- I, I can tell the Lord's, I'm about to get on a kick. I, I can tell it. <laughs> I love a Debbie Stewart Girl, kick. I'm about to get on a kick. <laughs> and the word is sisterhood. And, you know, we've kind of used that before and about, oh, the girls, you know. And, mm-hmm. But it really means uh, women who have something, a, a kindred spirit. Spirit and women who have something in common and have bonded over something. That's what creates a sisterhood. And so I, I, I didn't even realize it, but I'm so thankful how the Lord opened the door to, to people begin to talk about hard stuff that before they just didn't talk about or didn't know how to talk about. Then there's the other side where women begin to rally around me. Mm. And um, helped me with scriptures. I formed a particular personal prayer team that prayed me through, prayed me off a cliff more times than I care to tell you about. And it just all of the more reminded me we are better together. Yes. This is how God yes. intends it to be. Yes. Uh, Romans one twelve says that we might be mutually strengthened, encouraged, and comforted by each other's faith both yours and mine. That's so good. And what really set all of that in motion was you're willing as the leader Mm. to be vulnerable. You know, and I think we have Mm -hmm. so many women's ministry leaders who listen to this podcast and we say we want the sisterhood. Mm. And what if God is saying, you step out and open you the help door. create mm-hmm. that. It's and that's true. and that's a scary place to be, but what an exciting mm-hmm. place to be, especially to know all of us have struggles. Mm-hmm. All of us have those, you know, hidden areas of life that we are wondering what will people say? Right. What will people think? How do I handle this? Yes. I don't even know what to do next. Right. And we just do what Elizabeth Elliot taught us. Uh, you make the next right decision. Yes. That's what you do, the next right thing. And it's not to quit and it's not to give up. It's to keep following the Lord through those dark days. That's so good. Okay, well, transitioning just a little bit, and this may just flow right out of that challenging season, but tell us about a specific time when God called you to step out in faith, and like, how did he prepare you for that, and uh, how did he provide every step of the way? I'd love to tell you about the very first one, because 30 years later, it keeps coming back, and so does the scripture. I was in a career path toward physical therapy when the Lord called me out of physical therapy and into women's ministry, and it's so crazy, because like, during those days, I'm like, uh, what? Like, I don't want to work with women. They're whiny. They're dramatic. They're compl- I, you know, I, I'd rather be at a doctor's, you know, a hospital. I worked in a hospital physical therapy at the time. Here's the doctor's orders. This is what you have to do. There's no whining about it. There's no complaining. This is what we're doing. And I'm like, what? I was thinking to the Lord, women's ministry, women. I don't want to work with women. They're so complain. They're just so dramatic and everything. And when I realized it was through scripture in 2 Corinthians 8, 10 through 12, I'm going to read it. And then uh, the Lord called me out of out of physical therapy and into women's ministry and I went to work at Willow Point Baptist Church in Shreveport Louisiana not as a women's ministry leader or or a woman on staff they didn't even have I didn't even know of anyone really at that time on staff as a women's director women's minister but I went in as an as a uh, the um, administrator to the pastor 
and he allowed me to work women's ministry while I was there on staff and out of his office. And I'm going to tell you there, I was there one day and I knew this is what I was made for. Oh, this is what I was made for. And I'm going to do it to my dying day. If the Lord will have me, Mm. I'm going to do it with my last breath. But this was the huge step of faith. Because I don't know if you've ever done the math, but um, church work doesn't pay what physical therapy pays. You know what I mean? Yes. So it was this huge (laughs) that we had two small children. Um, My husband was in the field of dialysis. I mean, seriously, we were paycheck to paycheck. We were just a young couple, didn't even realize how poor we were probably. But this is what the Lord said to me one morning when I was praying about what to do because I felt the Lord calling me to this but I didn't know how to do it so I kept saying what do you you know I don't I can't do that there's no way financially we can make this kind of step and then 2nd Corinthians 8 verse 10 through 12 says I suggest that you finish what you started a year ago for you were the first to propose the idea and you were the first to begin doing something about it. Now you should carry this project through to completion just as enthusiastically as you began it. Give whatever you can according to what you have. If you are really eager to give it, it isn't, um, if you are really eager to give it, give what you have, not uh, what you don't have. Mm. And that's when the Lord said, I'm not, I tell the Lord, I tell the Lord all the things I don't have. I don't have an education in this area. I don't have experience in this mm-hmm. area. I was about 23 years old, 24. Uh, I don't have an invitation. No one's asking me, come to our staff as women's minister. And the Lord said, darling, if you have a desire to serve me and a willingness to obey, that's what I'm after. Yes. And I remember saying to the Lord, yes, sir. Like, that's all I've got. I wish I had more. I wish I had great things to offer you but the truth is I don't but I do have a willingness to serve you and a desire to obey you and the the next day I turned in my resignation wow wow and you know when we think about God's economy and how a surrendered life has so much potential yes that right there is where we need to start. I stepped out on faith. And until that point, I had never stepped out on faith other than to believe God for my salvation. What's an easy thing? I believe you with all eternity, but with the next week's paycheck, you know, not so sure about that. (laughs) But I, I, and in my other Bible, I have a hat. I have the date because I said to the Lord, okay, I'm going to, I am going to believe this. It's true. And I'm going to hang my hat on it. Mm -hmm. And listen, when times got hard and they did, Mm -hmm. and when money was tight and it was, you know what I did? Mm -hmm. I went right back to that scripture and that date. And I said, this is what, this I know. I don't know much, but this I know. This is what you said. Amen. So transforming in our walk with the Lord. Girl, hang your hat. Find out what the Lord is telling you to do. And you claim that and you believe and you walk in that truth. Yes. Yes. All right. Well, let's um, go to the present. Talk to us about what you see God doing in your life right now. Here's what I'm, here's what the Lord has me working on. This is totally not good English, but my friends, that my little mentor friends, we hang out together, my little sisterhood, yes, if you will. Yes. This is what we always ask one another. What's God got you working on? Yes. Uh, and I'm not talking about last week. I'm like this morning. Mm-hmm. What has he been rolling around, stirring up, weaving through, uh, pruning off what's God got you working on this is what the Lord has me working on right now in this 30th year my word this year is fortify which means to reinforce what already exists and to to reinforce and to strengthen and that has to do with against attack and I believe that's 
probably some of what we're into. But um, what the Lord has me working on is making room. You mentioned in the very beginning, you are expecting a great move of the Lord. You are you are planning on that. That's what the Lord has asked me to do. Debbie, I'm going to need you to make room. As I, too, am expecting that. In this post-COVID world, I, I think it's a setup. It's not a setback. It is a set up for what I believe the Lord would like to do. But if there's, if we're not willing, if we're not obedient, as the word says, I, I think we're liable to miss mm-hmm. it. So I'm trying to set life. I'm trying to set ministry up that we make room. I shudder to think how many times the Lord has not worked in my life mm-hmm. for the sheer fact he did not have room. It was mm-hmm. already so full, already so packed, already so overwhelmed. I am moving some things out, and I'm saying to the Lord, I'm making plenty of room for you to do a great move of God. I want to see it in my lifetime. Yes, amen. And the time is short, it is and indeed. the need is great. It is and indeed. so that is a great word for all of us. Well, here on the Inspire podcast, we like to finish with one final question, and it's so neat to see different perspectives and different thoughts on this. So tell us what inspires you in your life, in your ministry, and in your faith. Well, I I came into a new level of that inspiration, as you say, or motivation, or a change of, well, let's just say this, a, a change of heart with all of life and ministry two years ago. Actually, it was two years ago this very week. Uh, This is the last week of January. Two years ago in January, my sweetheart had a heart transplant. You know, we kind of throw that word around like it's, oh, like a headache or something. But we, you, you don't realize how major that is. He had a heart transplant. And all of a sudden, days in a life became much more significant to me. Uh, blocks on a calendar became much more meaningful. And I no longer wanted to just live life and miss the point. I didn't want to just fall in bed at the end of the evening, end of the day, exhausted and tired and just get up and give it another run tomorrow. I'm not interested in that anymore. I don't want to do that. I want to fulfill God's destiny for my life. And I want every day to have purpose. And and almost losing him and changing our life, it, just, it changed my mindset. We truly had a change of heart. And Acts 20, 24 says, I count my life worth nothing unless I use it to accomplish the assignment given me by the Lord Jesus. So I, I have a new passion and a, a fire in my soul about this is my watch. This is our watch. God has called us to leadership for such a time as this, in the time where our world is with COVID and the election and the government and all of those things that we are dealing with and trying to understand and trying to figure out God has called us for leadership and women today are on our watch, not only in our church, but in our community as well. So I'm stirred up about, I'm a little fired up about that right now. So that's what's, that's what's inspiring to me. I love how that draws our eyes forward. Right. You know, and we, we look back and we celebrate the faithfulness and the goodness of God, but we do that in order to move ahead. Right. And so that's so inspiring and that's inspiring to me. Well, Debbie, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, we just love you so much. Oh, We're it. excited for what God's doing at Green Acres, also in your family. Yes, um, yes. I know that everyone's going to want to connect with you and also purchase a copy of your book, okay. which we'll put that information in our show notes. But just tell us real quickly, how can we connect with you and get a copy of your book? Thank you. So many people say, what's your website? What's your website? I, I never have had a website because I'm a church girl. You can find me at greenacreswomen.org. <laughs> That's yes. where you'll find me. <laughs> and listen, all of my teaching is on there. There's a teaching and training tab. You can click on that. You can 
can hear our, our story is on, under that teaching training, and it's called Successful Shipwreck. It's from Acts 27. You can t- contact me from the website, email me from there. It's debbies at gabc.org. We have the books in our home. It's really very low-key, but part of our goal is to get those in every tech, every prison in the state of yes. Texas. And there's about 164. We're about halfway to that goal, so you can help us do that. We definitely want to be a part of that and excited for what God has in the future. So thanks for joining so us. And fun. we cannot wait to have you back in the future. Can't wait. Thanks for listening. I hope today's episode helps you embrace the full free abundant life that God provides. Don't forget to follow, like, and subscribe to Inspire on the Go. If you would like more encouragement to help you grow in your faith, visit my website at andrealennonministry.org. Come back next time and enjoy another episode of Inspire on the Go. Oh,